following is an extended product spotlight paid for by BSF Canada and Invigor Hybrid Canola. Hey everyone, I'm Sean Haney, host of Real Ag Radio on Rural Radio 147 Sirius XM, also founder of Real Agriculture. Thanks for listening and welcome to the next episode of the Canola Podcast, sponsored by Invigor Hybrid Canola from BSF. The Canola Podcast is a series where we discuss useful tips and tools growers can take to the field to help grow successful crops. Now, don't forget to also visit canolaschool.com to see agronomic videos from Real Agriculture and BSF. You can find that at the Real Agriculture website, like I just mentioned, or also on the Real Agriculture YouTube channel. Today, we're going to talk about a, a disease that has definitely created a lot of issues in, in parts of Western Canada, and that's clubroot. And, you know, and, and talking about its spread, as well as we'll get an update that BSF is what, what they're doing around the pathotype in terms of testing and uh, how it all relates back to some of the Invigor hybrids. I'm joined today by Russell Trischik and Leighton Blaschko from BSF to talk about clubroot. Okay, Leighton, Russ, let's, uh, let's introduce yourselves first to uh, all the audience. Russ, you up first. Hello, everybody. So Russell Tristrick's my name. I'm a regional technical services manager with BASF, uh, responsible for uh, covering all of Saskatchewan, as well as I'm the technical lead for Invigor Canola, uh, and I'm based out of Saskatoon. Great. Great to see you again. Okay, uh, Leighton. Yeah, I'm a senior tech service specialist with uh, BASF, as well as the club root lead for, for BASF Canada. And I walk many, many uh, canola fields, looking for patches of club root. I've seen lots of club root, uh, especially in my neck of the woods. So every year I walk those fields. And I also, my role is to help growers with the management of this important canola disease. So I've kind of seen it come full spectrum from when it was first spotted in Western Canada, typically right around Edmonton. And then, uh, uh, you know, it's it's spread a lot this around the area. So um, I've, I've seen a lot of it for sure. Okay, so Leighton, let's start with you. Walk us through the actual what is clubroot. I think everyone hears a lot about it, um, but let's break it down a little bit and and where because it is you know regional in nature, based on conditions, where we would expect to see it. Well, sure, maybe just kind of starting at a forty thousand foot level. I guess it's a pathogen that's caused by a you know Plasmodium brassicae. And it's a disease that starts by affecting the roots of canola. And then uh, what happens is those roots form galls. So these are like club formations. They look like a club instead of a nice normal root hairs. You've got this big gall formation. And these galls are what restrict the flow of nutrients into the plant. So um, that's when you'd see those, you know, further above ground symptoms like stunting, wilting, some bare patches in your canola stand. And as far as its spread, really now it, it is Canada-wide, so in all the canola growing areas. So certainly there's pockets where it is more prevalent, but uh, we do see it across Canada's canola growing region. So once upon a time, it was typically just we would focus in on it being a central Alberta or north central Alberta problem, but that's not the case uh, anymore. So even though you know a grower may not have seen it in their farming community or on their farm, they really should be aware of it now because it is popping up you know across across the whole canola growing region. So it's really progressed. I would say it's progressed 
and it has evolved over the past number of years. So in the heart of Clubroot areas where it started around, you know, the Edmonton area, North Central Alberta, it's not uh, just the concern of whether there is Clubroot. It's really now we're talking about pathotype shifts and the diversity of those pathotypes is what's causing growers concern. So, you know, to sum it up, it's everywhere, but there's other areas where, you know, it needs a little more detailed attention than, than some, uh, some of the, the places where it's just starting out. Yeah, it's interesting how that has evolved. So, so Russ, if if there is an issue suspected, what options are out there for farmers to actually test whether clubroot is prevalent in in their fields? So now there are tests available at a lot of the um, you know seed testing, soil testing laboratories uh, for the presence. Uh, or absence, right? So it's kind of a, a a simple yes or no answer. Are the, you know, are the soils that you have uh, in these fields infected with with club roots? Um, that's a pretty quick test, uh, but really all it does is is tell you that you have it or you don't have it. And you know, typically a grower is going to see, you know, galls on a plant and things like that, and really just be confirming the the presence of club root. Unfortunately, um, there still is no commercially available testing mechanism to enable you to determine what pathotypes are present in your field. Um, there, there are testing available uh, through the University of Alberta, not very widespread, obviously, through the university, so it's not you know, a commercial, something that you can pay for, and it is actually quite timely. I think it takes the better part of you know, eight, 10 months for them to actually go through and, and do the work, because for that type of testing, they actually have to grow the canola on infected soil. Uh, so it is it is a bit unfortunate that we're kind of not there uh, quite yet to determine what's in the field, uh, just with the fact that, you know, we're starting to get questions about different pathotypes and things like that. So I know it's a, a very large area of focus for those research communities, as well as, you know, the Canola Council and other areas to develop these tests. But again, just the complexity of the club root pathogen and how you just, you know, most diseases, you can just put it on a Petri dish. Or, or, or do a test to determine what it is. And just with the complex nature of this disease, you actually have Right now, it's just a, a yes or no, which is definitely valuable, but uh, there's still some steps that need to be taken to get that full picture of what's going on in every field. So Leighton, if, if a grower has, you know, they've done some of the testing, they've confirmed the, you know, with a, a positive, or even if they suspect that, hey, club root, you know, they've seen some galls and it's like, okay, like I've got some evidence here. What at, at this point, what are they supposed to do? Yeah, that's a good question, Sean. I, be, I mean, anytime you're talking about agronomy, we always come down to some basics. And uh, that's where we're, we've landed here too. It comes down to IPM or integrated pest management for this disease, a lot like managing other diseases. So in terms of club root, what IPM really means is you want to keep the spore lo levels low and local. So one club root gall, as I was mentioning, on a single plant, if that was all you had in a field or all the farmer ever had, can contain approximately 16 billion, billion with a B, spores. So that's how concentrated or how much it can be. And those spores are so, so tiny. You know, they, they say they're about three microns in diameter. And just for reference, the human hair is about 40 microns in diameter. So they're extremely small. 
That's why so many can get packed in one in one club root gall. And that's why you want to keep it, like I said, low and local. So to that uh, vein, I guess what you'd want to do, there's a number of things, you know, rotation, crop rotation is key. That's one of the key things. So definitely you would not want to grow more than one canola crop every three years. So that would be the, uh, you know, where you'd want to make sure your rotation is diverse with uh, other crops. The other thing that you'd want to do is uh, grow resistant hybrids. So in the Invigor camp, you know, hybrids with a C in their name, those would have club root resistance genetics. So that's a key uh, prong in the, you know, in the uh, hub of managing club root or in the IPM process, as well as managing your volunteer canola and any related species. So the related brassica species are also uh, can harbor this, this pathogen. Then uh, further to that, I would say scouting. You know, I can't be more, uh, you know, forceful in saying that scouting, scouting, scouting is key. And when I talk to people and the way I learned from some people at the University of Alberta and Steven Strelkov's lab was that if you're scouting, you need to look at pull up about 100 plants more. It's not five or 10 plants or 20 plants. You need to walk and do a real vigilant area of uh, a job of scouting and uh, pull up 100 plants and look for these galls. You want to be able to find the disease early. So scouting is important. And then if some people ask me, well, where would you scout? So field entrances are often where the disease uh, comes in because sanitation is so important. So equipment, soil falling off of equipment, you know, for example, an air drill, when you pull into the field and you wing, wing it out to per uh, getting to seed, that's when some chunks of soil can fall off. So if you're bringing it from one field to another, that's where you might see it. So those field entrances is key to where you'd scout. And then one last piece in this whole IPM approach would be patch management. If you do see it, there's things you can do. If it's only one small patch in your field, that might be the size of, I don't know, a kitchen table or maybe a small room. You can uh, isolate that patch. So pull out those plants, isolate that patch, uh, do some things like maybe some grasses seeded there and you seed your crops around that area for a few years just to let those spore levels drop. So you don't want to be dragging it across the field and into your next fields uh, uh, by any means. So those would be the things. I know there's a lot of prongs to this approach, but uh, IPM would be key. And that's, those are the key pillars that I think would be part of it. Okay. So from BSF's perspective, and we're talking about, you know, thinking about hybrids and that's, you know, one of the tools when it comes to, to, to managing this, uh, what is BSF recommending when it comes to club root resistant hybrids then? Yeah. BSF for the Invigor lineup, we have, uh, as of, as of now, moving forward, uh, all, um, hybrids that we bring to market will have a C or be club root resistant. So they'll have the genetics. Now they'll be brought into uh, one of two camps. Either we have our first gen hybrids or our second gen hybrids. And we have a recommendation. So we have a flow chart that uh, growers or retailers or agronomists can follow where they, a grower can decide what's their risk level. And uh, they could grow, for example, a first gen hybrid for two cycles with vigilance, uh, vigilance scouting as well in those fields. So that would be over like a six year period, let's say, if you're following the one in th one canola crop in three years. And then after that, if they're, you know, if they're either at the time when they've either found some club root, they should switch to a second gen. 
or if they've gone through two cycles and they want to move on to the second gen, that's the point when they should go to second gen hybrids. Um, because the reason they might find it is you might have some pathotype shift or sometimes people use the word breakdown, but it really means that the pathotypes were there and they've shifted to have to favor certain ones over others. And those are ones that the first gen hybrids may not control. So that's when growers need to look at the second gen uh, hybrids in, in our in our lineup. Okay, Russ, I got to ask, because I know a lot of the audience probably is rolling this through their mind. What is the difference between first and second generation? Yeah, no, it's a, it's a very good question. I think it's one of those topics uh, in the industry that does have a bit of maybe, uh, I don't know if confusion is the right word, but a bit of, you know, needs a bit further explanation. So first generation and second generation are the terms that BASF and Invigor choose to use to, to differentiate between our two hybrids. There is no kind of general industry-wide uh, nomenclature that's currently used. I mean, just to kind of clarify that when you hear first gen and second gen, that's the language typically that we use at BASF. Um, when we refer to the first generation club root hybrids, those are the, they, they contain the resistance that came from the Mendel winter canola hybrid. And that was developed as a consortium when Clubroot was really first discovered in Western Canada. And, you know, every canola hybrid that has this Mendel-based uh, uh, genetic resistance would be identical. So when we refer to first generation of BASF, that's what we refer to. When we refer to second generation, that's, uh, you know, hybrids that have additional complementary, supplementary genetics added to them to add um, resistance to ad additional pathotypes. So if you think of the, that original Mendel resistance, it was really 2F, 3H, 5I, 6M, and 8N uh, that we're, we're resistant to. If you think of our second generation, when we add the, the extra genetic components, and, and they do vary from hybrid to hybrid. So that's why we choose specifically to say second gen and not use other terms with regards to genetics because they may become outdated or may be confusing. We've really added resistance to, you know, the three A's, the three, uh, you know, the three D, five X, et cetera. And, and we've got a, a table that we've, we've put out now that lists all the different pathotypes that we are resistant to. So first generation, that original Mendel-based uh, resistance, second generation, additional genetic components that give resistance to um, all the other uh, pathotypes that are in the marketplace. Right now, when you hear second generation uh, club root resistance within Vigor, we are resistant to all of the predominant pathotypes in Western Canada that were available at the time of registration. And we'll continue to, to talk about this and update the information, right, as we continue to launch new hybrids, because likely it, it might change slightly. But our strategy will always be to make sure that we're only launching hybrids with resistance to everything. So our customers and growers don't really have to guess which hybrids they should grow in those situations. Yeah, the, the disease has evolved since we first found it. And so have the best management practices, you know, so have the genetic. Like this, this is an evolving situation. So it's important to get an update from you guys on this. Hey, Leighton, I got, I got one more question. Um, there's potentially some growers out there that are sort of complacent. One, maybe, you know, they haven't necessarily seen it before. They're also hearing a lot about drought. They assume that you need, you know, 
wet wet conditions in order to have club root? Like, what about you going into a dry year like we have right now? And that can change. But right now we have a bit of a dry bias in the Western Canadian prairies. How, how, do you have to worry about an year like this? Or is this something you still got to stay on top of? I would say it's wrong that we still need to stay on top of it because if you uh, make some management decisions here in the winter months that could potentially put you in jeopardy when we maybe do get some, you know, normal conditions or the odd rainfall event or uh, water movement, uh, then you're putting yourself at a big risk. So I'd say be vigilant, you know, keep the foot on the gas and uh, do the right thing. And I think the right thing growers, they know what the right thing to do is. Now there's a lot of choices in the marketplace uh, with the proper genetics. So um, I would suggest that they, you know, keep the proper agronomy top of mind. Awesome stuff. Hey, Russ Layton, this has been this has been great. Great, and like I said, this is uh, this is a topic that does evolve, and so it's really really important to to get an update. And uh, really, thank you for doing that today about uh, Club Root. Thanks for listening, everybody out there. And and hey, don't forget to visit canolaschool.com to check out videos from Real Agriculture and BSF on really a wide range of topics throughout the growing season. You can find that by going to canolaschool.com or the Real Agriculture YouTube page. Best of luck, everybody out there in the 2024 growing season, and we'll chat with you again soon. Cheers, everybody.